So yesterday, we heard Cole and Taylor Willer's story about the beginning of their broken road to a healthy, God-centered relationship together. But as they shared in yesterday's podcast, it was a very rocky start, one filled with false intimacy through premarital sex, all the while hiding their thoughts and feelings, masking what God was urging them to do, to align their lives according to what He says is right and true and good. What stood out to me the most about their story is the just the cold, hard truth that even while Cole and Taylor were having sex as an engaged couple, Taylor knew it was wrong. At the very core, she knew it. And as she told me in yesterday's podcast... I didn't tell anyone was after we, you know, first were having sex. Like, obviously, during it was fine. I never felt pressured. Right. I always wanted, I wanted it as well. But after it was done, it was like this, like, overwhelming sense of grief and... Hmm. I don't know. It was. But it, it was, was just, wrong. Yeah, and it was like this pit that I had, and even we were just talking about it. Like even Cole can tell you that after you know we'd be laying in bed, he could just feel it that I would just like separate myself. Taylor knew something wasn't right. Cole could tell something was wrong, but neither of them could put their finger on it. I'm reminded of what Paul writes in Romans 1:19 and 20 where he writes, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. What Colin Taylor knew about God and what he tells us about sex and intimacy was clearly perceived by them. And Taylor felt it, physically, She knew what they were doing was wrong and grieved and wanted Cole to lead them to do what was right. This month, we're talking with four different couples each week about their messy sexual past and what it took them to line things up with what God says is right and true. This is Flatirons Men's Community, Pastor Dan Foote, and today we'll finish up our conversation with Cole and Taylor and learning the process that they're still going through. Sex Ed, the Colin Taylor Willard story on Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men. Because it was like, I can either now choose to do the internship, not have sex, or I can go against what they're saying is right and go against what she's wanting and be like, I don't think that's a good idea. So I was at first, my first initial thought was like, I think I remember getting off the, like hanging up with the phone and saying after you were like, oh, they said that. Like, I think I've been thinking about that recently. And I was like, you have like with piss. Like, why would you think about that? And then thinking like, okay, well, I'm, I'm thinking about not taking the internship. I think that was the last thing I said before we hung up. And then I don't know what changed where it, it, like, I, I mean, I took the internship. Yeah. So, but I can't pinpoint a time after that phone call where I was like, this is a good idea. You know, I, I still, I still felt like, and that changed as I really started doing stuff around here, you know, and, and really diving into what Jesus was saying was right and true. But yeah. it was, at first it was hard where it was like, I was angry that she was on board with it. Yeah. But so. it said something to you, right? Oh yeah. I mean, 
because I think we had a follow up conversation later where it's like, even I think the, I think my thought was like, even if I do take this internship, or even if I don't take the internship, we could like pump the brakes a little bit and not do it as much. <laughs> it's like my <laughs> logical thought process, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you your logical thought process. <laughs> I was like, we could just do it less, but um, yeah, it was definitely a shocker where it was like, oh, maybe this could be wrong. She's not on board with it too. Now, as you're leaving college, he's taking this internship, and, you know, your relationship, I'm looking at you, Cole, your relationship with Jesus at this point, you know, I'm going, I'm thinking about this going, okay, he's coming to a church to do an internship, the church that he's been attending for a while, Mm -hmm. And he doesn't understand that God says sex is for marriage. Yeah. I couldn't have told you why. Right. And you just didn't. So what were your thoughts? You just doesn't apply to me? When I would hear that, um, I would think, as you said earlier, I could get on board with Jesus being my savior. I couldn't get on board with Jesus being my Lord. Yeah. That was a whole different. I was cocky enough to think I I could do this better. I'm I'm Cole Willard. I can do this better. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then Taylor is your your relationship with Jesus. What happens during this when he starts the internship? You actually get what your heart has been desiring. Yeah. Um well, I so Cole moved back to Colorado and I stayed in Nebraska. Yeah. And Gosh, I think what I came to Flatirons while on a when I was visiting, and kind of just had that holy crap moment where I was like, "This is unlike any other church I've ever been to." Right. Um, puts my, you know, the church that I had started attending with my parents and sister. You know, that yeah. Anyway, uh, when I moved back home, we, I started going to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't there yet. It was, I mean, it was, but not like I wanted it to be. Right. And then I came here, and it, it, it just made me want to move to Colorado so much more. Right. Um. So I think that even though I wasn't happy with. The church I was attending, I had something to look forward to when I'd visit or when I eventually would move here. Mm-hmm. And what was so cool is I was like, he's a part of that. And, you know, if just one service could do that to me, then what's, you know, an internship for a whole year going to do for him and us, really? So what did a whole year's internship do for you? I think that's when I started leading. In in all aspects, really, because for so long it was like easy. Taylor has a personality that can easily plow over people, and for a lot of time it was like I can avoid conflict if I let her go. Right. And finally, I think it was time where I just stood up and I was like, "Hey, this is." I mean, after going through parts of the internship and diving into what Jesus talks about and reading the Bible and doing all that, it was like, "Okay, I need to. I need to be a leader here. I need to step up and take this leadership and." I haven't been doing that. 
not only with you, but for my whole life, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think a year at the internship showed me, it, it awakened something to me where it's like, church doesn't have to be this place where I can go and rehash all my shame because that's what it was for me for so long. Right. Church can be a place where it, that's changed my life. It's changed the way that I want to lead her. It, if Jesus can do what Jesus can do for me, there was this realization where it's like, he can do that for my friends and for everybody else who would never want to come to church. Yeah. And so for once I felt like there's something I need to take responsibility for and there's something bigger than me because that wasn't there before. So this whole abstinence thing continued. And that was rough. (laughs) Well, how hard, how how, how difficult oh, it was hard. How difficult was that? <laughs> this changer. <laughs> yeah. How um, difficult was it? It was easy because we were in separate states. Yep. Yeah. It was difficult because for me, sex was that made me feel wanted and desired. And that's what I had been craving. And like I said, I couldn't put words to that. Right. But it was like sex was a way for me to feel a brief amount of intimacy because I didn't know how to pursue it anyway else. Yeah. And so finally not being able to was like, okay, how do I pursue intimacy in a different way? How do we have a conversation right now when my initial thought is let's get things going? Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. And especially for the first probably three months, it was like, it still hadn't clicked yet that like, I get that I'm. I said no to this, but if this, if I wanted to right now, like, because I want to, no one would know. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that slowly was like. Finally, I think it was like we hit a six month point, and it was like we've made it six months. Yeah, we can make it another six, and then another six. Yeah, you know. Because how long did you go before you got married? A year and a half. Yep. And Taylor, what did that do for you? It was like a relief. It was a, we actually like had to have a conversation. We had to just what we had to pursue each other in different ways. Um, He had to pursue me in different ways, Mm -hmm. which was, it totally changed not only each other, but like our relationship for 100% -hmm. the better. Yeah. Um, Did the abstinence help your relationship together with Christ? I think so. Mm-hmm. How so? I think it was a, I mean, for me, it was a point where it's like, okay, for so long before this, sex was a crutch for me. And so it was like, okay, if I have to, <laughs> if I have to trust Jesus with this, it's a lot easier to trust him with the other stuff that I thought I had a grasp on. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, it was like, I mean, from high school on sex was this like grasp where it was like, I need that. And this is something that you, this is just part of your life. So you said since since high school. Yeah. I mean, though, sexuality, like desiring was middle school for sure. But the actual sex portion of things was like that I can feel wanted and needed and desired in that. And that's what I'm searching for. Right. And if I have to take a step back and be like, all right, this is the part of me that I not only think that I can't control, 
but it's the thing that like, I mean, for a lot of time, like drove my life, you know? And so to, to hand that over to Jesus was like, oh, if I can hand that over, and I don't even know if that was fully, but it was like, it started then. I can do that with pretty much anything. Now, you talked about this. You, you've said a couple of times since we've been talking about, you couldn't even put words to that. You even said, like, I, I couldn't put words to that even three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Explain that. Um, three, week, four, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, I'm doing the second level Crucible stuff. Okay. What uh, does that mean? So you go to your initial weekend for Crucible, and it's intense. And then for two years, I'm in a two-year program. So it's doubly intense. Doubly intense. <laughs> yeah, these, these weekends are themed. So you focus on a certain thing. And three-ish weeks ago was the sexuality weekend. Hmm. And I went up there thinking like, oh, I'm going to rehash my entire past and deal with that shame. I mean, because I still lump that shame and guilt on yeah. me all the time. Um, and left there realizing that sexuality wasn't just sex, but it's been this intimacy and connectedness that I'd been pursuing for so long through sex. But I was able to finally pinpoint through exercises and stuff like that, that for years I've just been, I've been desiring to be desired, desire to be wanted and desire to be needed. Hmm. And sex can hit all three of those. Even when it's a minute and a half long, you know. Oh, so, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so for so long, without realizing it, that's what I was chasing after, and I could get it. Yeah. And then to realize that I can get that through eye contact, I can get that through pursuing Taylor completely away. Like sex isn't this thing that happens between us in bed; it's something that happens throughout the day. Where yeah. I have to build up to it, I have to, I have to constantly be pursuing her and showing her, like pursuing this connectedness piece that I think for three weeks I've been really good at, and for seven years I've been really terrible at. So, hmm. have you noticed a change in three weeks, Taylor? Yeah. 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 What, what What's the biggest change? Um. Well, if you didn't know this, uh, my um, love language is um, acts of service, mm-hmm. and Holtz is not um, even close. Um, so it's it's just little things like that, or it's we come, I get home from work, and the TV's off, and his phone's away, and we have a lit, an on a, like a conversation about our day or what's going on, and um, I think that. It's just easy to get into a routine, and he's trying, I mean, to, I mean, I'm not the most talkative when I get off work, and he's, you know, reaching for that. He's looking for just, you know, anything like that, and if something, if if I'm in the mood, then okay, but if I'm not, then that's okay. And I don't pout. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, you're a powder. I'm yes. a powder. Yeah. Um, the uh, one of the key points from our one workshop here at Flatirons, the premarital workshop, is about understanding the, the difference between intimacy and sexual intimacy because mm-hmm. there is a difference. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jim kind of centers around this whole naked and unashamed thing. Um, and what can happen is lots of people can get naked and have sex. 
and there's no intimacy whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You'd be as detached as can be mm -hmm. in the midst of all that. So that's kind of what I'm hearing is that there's you're you're tapping in Cole to a little more intimacy. Trying to, yeah, yeah, from this, yeah, and trying to throughout the day, where it's like I can get really good at texting all day throughout the day, but really kind of prying into like I'm really good at surface level. <laughs> you know this. Mm -hmm. um, trying to get below that, even if it's through text messaging, even if it's through, I don't know. In the morning, we, we go work out in the morning, and neither of us are morning people, but we still recently have been having conversations before we even get to the gym. Yeah. Now, one of the things I like to do is try to steer the conversation toward some bit of application of some sort, um, because there are people that listen to these podcasts that, mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that want to know, you know, okay, Taylor, I'm sure that what you said about wanting to stop your sexual relationship with Cole because there was something in you that was like it didn't feel good. You actually use the word grief. There was grief involved. There are women that uh, we know that women listen to this. Uh, they're going to hear that, and there's some women that are going to understand that that might be in a, in a sexual relationship outside of marriage, and they want that. But the truth is... In this, you stopped because you took a job at a church. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, what I heard was you're like, I'm thinking about not doing this now. Because mm -hmm. in your head, you're like, I can't do this job because I can't have sex with Taylor. But what you're hearing from Taylor is, I, I, I've been wanting to do this. Mm -hmm. How would you do this? Could you have, let me back up, could you have gotten to that place? If someone wasn't, if Michael Caine wasn't saying, we're going to find out. Yeah. Um, and making you stop because you wouldn't have your internship had that relationship continued. And if they discovered that you guys were sexually intimate, it would have ended. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could have put, I don't know if either of us could have put words to it at the time. Definitely not. Well, we were just, even the other night or on Tuesday, we just said, and I this makes Cole look like a horrible person, which he's not. But at the time, I think that if I would have said, hey, I don't want to have sex, I don't think that our relationship would have lasted, hmm. um, which is horrible on both of our ends. Hmm. Um, so, and it's because we didn't have that, the intimacy where we could, we didn't even like, have deep conversations about right. things like that that it wasn't something I talked about for sh mm. definitely not something I talked about and I mean sex was sex for him and it was just so much more to me right so he didn't talk about it because it was just sex and I didn't talk about it because we we just didn't talk about those kind of things so I think that's something that we can say now, but then right. I don't know if I even realized that mm. or if. And, and this to me is, it, it, this is one of the biggest keys and parts to this, this situation of relational intimacy, sexual intimacy, relationship, and why God puts this in place, this needs to happen under the covenant of marriage, under the umbrella of marriage, 
Because when you're married, there's a commitment. There's th- I'm gonna, there's a spiritual element to that. There's a spiritual element to sexuality and sex sexual intimacy. And what even what you're saying, it's just like I'm hearing this going. Right here is the proof in the pudding that this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That when you put when you put the cart before the horse, and we used someone used that uh, analogy in one of our other podcasts. When you put your that cart before the horse, you get physically and emotionally intimate before you even know each other. Yeah. And then you were forced to take a year and a half off. <laughs> Yeah. While he's getting fed nothing but Jesus in his internship, so he's growing in his knowledge and his faith, and then you're separated, and then this and and I love what I just heard, and it's just that, like Cole just said three weeks ago, because of the Crucible two year program, things are different in just three weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's part of a marital relationship. Yeah, is that you continue. To become more and more intimate and connected. And when we put sex before everything else, it just it forces so much of our hearts and minds and souls into a place where it shouldn't be yet. Mm-hmm. You know, get the relationship in order, get to know each other first, so that you can walk into that naked and unashamed. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I think for me right now I think it's it's great to hear what you've gone through but because I have relationship with both of you meaning that Cole has worked with me for a little over 2 years now a little more 2 years and he is like a son to me and Taylor I we we have done we've done stuff together we've, we we've We've done community together. You've been to our house and and all that. And it, there's a part of me when I hear your story. There's the one half of me that's like I love hearing what what you've walked through, and where you're at today, and where I know that if you continue on this path, where you're going to be as a married couple, as you can as you continue on and you add kids to this, I love to hear where you're at. The other half of me. It breaks my heart to know the pain that you guys have walked through in the past and the struggle that it's been. And there's just this prayer that I have that there are people out there that can hear this and there's men and women that can hear this and go, I know what that grief is. I know that I'm using sex because that makes me feel wanted and it's and it's a, it, it's messed up mm. and we got to align this I so appreciate Cole and Taylor opening up their lives to us sharing their deepest thoughts and struggles as God continued to urge and lead them to what is right and true about themselves and their sexual relationship and I love that after abstaining from sex and waiting a year and a half until they were married and even right up until just four weeks before we recorded the podcast. I love that they're still growing, that they're still learning about real and true intimacy. God is still transforming them in their sexual education. What about you? Do you know that grief that Taylor talked about? 
Can you see any part of your life in Colin Taylor's story? If so, let us know what we can do to help you out, to get your sexual life back on track, back on the path that God's laid out, a path filled with hope, promise, and so many blessings. We've got a downloadable PDF with a devotion and some questions revolving around yesterday and today's podcast. You can find it on the men's community page on flatironschurch.com. Next week, we've got a powerful story of redemption when Gretchen and Matt Foster join us to tell us their story. So, yeah, so went back out to California. And so when I was in California, the second time is when I ended up meeting and a guy who worked in the porn industry. And so he had set up a meeting for us to meet and said, I think this, you know, be something you might be interested in doing, something that you should look at doing and and stuff. And for me, that was, it wasn't even a, oh my gosh, I could never, it was like, that's like home. This is Dan Foote. See you next week on Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men. <laughs>